Yo, Rob O'Hara. We are back. Throwback reviews. It's been over a year. I'm pretty sure if I'm if my math is correct here, but wow, it's been a long time. And I forget what you said, but we're basically breaking the champagne bottle on the uh, <laughs> the ship, the Titanic here at the New Dutchland Studio. So uh, that's kind of good. But man, I know we've been talking this whole time. But we haven't been talking in this in this uh, forum here of a podcast. I think I feel like we're, we're starting from scratch again. What's going on, man? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, there's all these cobwebs on the air. Whoa. Oh, there's like a layer of dust on everything. Yeah, this is the, uh, the Virgin Voyage of Dutchland Studio 2.0. Uh, and, um, and actually... I'm not sure. I mean, since I moved into this room, I don't think we've done throwback reviews in this configuration. So this is all brand new. Yeah, you know, I, I should have. Uh, well, I never prepared that much before anyway. So why start now, right? But I was trying to think of when our last episode even was and what that last episode was, the topic. And I think I think probably the last time we recorded, I'm going to guess, um, was probably june maybe july of 2020 something like that i don't yeah i've got to look i gotta i gotta see i thought maybe uh, i see i thought being mr tech man you would have been like stealthy googling that for me while i was talking giving you a couple seconds to figure it out but that's that's my guess it's been a long time it has been a long we kept uh breakfast club the breakfast club was the last one it says it was um uh a year ago Wow, it's been a long time. Yeah, it had to been before I moved. You know, it's funny, speaking of the Breakfast Club, we just had a conversation the other night at the dinner table, my wife and my daughter, and and uh, my sons were there too, and they're just kind of like, uh, not really big movie, 80s movie guy. But um, my daughter loves that movie. She wanted to watch it again because she just, I don't know, something brought it up to her. She had seen it before. She's uh, 15. And then she was saying she likes Pretty in Pink even more. And I was like, you know, and this is probably the wrong podcast to say this on, but I was like, just like Depeche Mode, because I, I had posted something on my Facebook about Depeche Mode. I don't know if you saw that, but it basically was like, if I never heard Depeche Mode again, I would sleep fine. I, I wouldn't lose any sleep. And Pretty in Pink is the same, same exact way. Like I've seen it a ton. It's a good movie. But if I never saw it again... <laughs> I'd be, I'd be I, I okay. I think maybe Pretty in Pink uh, resonates more with girls from the 80s because it's kind of that coming-of-age story of Molly Ringwald. And Pretty in Pink is not my my favorite 80s movie. You know, Breakfast Club. I was just asked on uh, You Don't Know Flack. I have a, a segment where people can send in one question and I answer it on the air. And the question I got on the last episode was what... A movie from the 80s do you think aged well and what's a movie from the 80s that you think did not age very well and one of the ones that i said that i thought had aged well was breakfast club and i realized that it's a very 80s kind of movie and that the stereotypes of the kids are very uh, kind of 80s but you know to your point like you just said your kids watch that movie and they like it and my kids have watched that movie and they liked it so there's enough uh generalization in that movie that still applies to kids today yeah i mean th- obviously it's 
many years later, but you have those different kind of clicks and everything. And, you know, I think a lot of them probably still act the same way. But yeah, it's a it's a good movie. It's definitely a good movie. If she said she wanted to watch that, I would watch it. But Pretty in Pink, I'm I'm in the other room. But I re- <laughs> yeah, I really I really made my wife upset with the Depeche Mode thing because she really loves Depeche Mode. But it's just like I'm, I have Sirius in the car, and I love Sirius XM. But I'm even getting kind of bored with it, where I'm just going back to my Spotify, and because I you know I put on um you know the '80s pop or uh, alternative. I forget what that is, what station that is, but it's like. I think it's New Wave One or something like that, and it's like I, I hear the same Depeche Mode songs all the time. I'm like, come on! And it, and it seemed like for like two weeks, where it was like every time I had to go to the store and I got in the car, boom, Depeche Mode. So I'm like, I'm <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. You know, I put uh, on the uh, that same question of of movies that didn't age well. I put Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, and uh, you know, I watched that. Oh, years, year or two ago with uh, my my son, and there's so much of that movie that just makes you cringe today. You know, when the the nerds uh, raid the sorority and they leave behind the hidden video cameras so that they can watch these girls changing clothes into the shower, and I'm like, I think that's a felony. I don't, th- I don't think you can do that. Yeah, you know? there's there's so much in that movie that you just could not do it today. There, you right, know. <laughs> you know, I'm watching uh, Wormser, who's the little kid that gets shipped off. He's, you know, obviously supposed to be like the young genius. And I thought, yeah, you can't expose a 13 year old to that. No, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but we loved, we loved that stuff when we were younger, and we watched. I mean, we saw these movies when we were way too young, like especially. Oh, sure. You know, now it's like. I was just thinking of a movie the other day, and I'm drawing a blank on it, but I'm like, wow, I watched that on HBO when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, well, I'll tell you one of the thing, the funny things about watching some of these old movies, and I know that uh, uh, hopefully as we get back to doing uh, throwback reviews more regularly, we're going to revisit some of these movies, but there's a lot of times where, like... Uh, Tron is a, is a good example. I watched Tron and I remember as a kid, like I remember the light cycle scene. I remember where they're chasing them with the tank scene. But what I forgot was the 45 minutes of long dialogue plot in the middle where there's mm-hmm. no action. And I forgot about that, you know? And so a lot of these movies, I think, um, unfortunately, I think Empire Strikes Back is kind of the same way where it's like, yeah, you remember the Hoth scene and then you remember the big shootout towards the end on Bespin. There's a lot of slow stuff in the middle, you know, where they're Luke's running around. Oh, Dagobah. Dagobah. Yeah, yeah, the Dagobah uh that whole scene now is like usually where I kind of take a nap, but you're right. <laughs> you're right. It's like the opening battle on Hoth is, is amazing. And mm-hmm. you look back at it and you can watch it now and you're just like, yeah, you can see how the animation was done, but it's, it's wonderful. But it's that thing we've talked about before, you know, with star Wars and other movies where, um, you know, that, that, that real action, like the non CGI, it just, it looks better to me, you know, and, and we yeah. enjoy it more. And it was, it was just an amazing, I mean, when you watch, we, you and I've talked off, 
uh, Mike, about the uh, you know different documentaries on Star Wars and everything. You're showing how they everything was done, and I'm, I'm sure most people listening to this have seen things like that with the models, and um, it's just how innovating it was at the time, you know. And now it's just all done on computer for the most part. I, I think one uh, interesting and good thing about uh, I don't I don't I don't know if this is a relaunch of of throwback reviews. This is just us coming back after a a lengthy hiatus, but I've have literally forgotten everything we've ever talked about. So, <laughs> so I think all of our new shows are just going to be me telling the same stories. If you listen to the old ones, you'll probably hear them. But uh, several years ago for my birthday, I got to go to an a exhibit, a traveling exhibit that was here in Oklahoma. That was a display of all of Ray Harryhausen's armatures and all his original the models and stuff so um i was you know six inches away from the kraken from clash of the titans and medusa and the little uh pegasus model and all and of course the fighting they had models of the the fighting skeletons from jason and the argonauts and that stuff and yeah when you watch those movies yeah there's parts where you go oh that's obviously you know, green screen or rear projection or something like that, you know, but uh, I mean, when I watch something that's CGI, I just immediately go, okay, that's it. They're in, they're in computer land. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I And I don't hate all CGI or anything. It's just, I think it's, you know, growing up with those movies in the eighties, like, yeah, you look back in like clash of the Titans. Definitely. I've, I've watched it over the, the last couple of years and um, yeah, it's not as smooth is like uh, you know Star Wars or something, but it's still at the time when we went to see those movies at the theaters as kids. It was mind blowing, right? And oh, now, yeah. now like my kids would just laugh at, especially Clash of the Titans. But I think that's another one with was a lot of dialogue and you kind of. But I mean, my mom took us to a ton of movies, and I remember going to see that movie, and I remember getting the toys at Christmas, you know. And oh uh, yeah, 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 those were, and of course. You know, you, your toys were garbage. Uh, action figures were garbage unless they were the same scale as Star Wars. You know, so you had to be able to, to take yeah. uh, Calabas and put him in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm getting off this rock. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I mean, that's where my figures ended up in just a big mixture with all my old, to- my Star Wars toys. And my kids played with some of my Clash of the Titans toys that were still around, you know, and... Um, but yeah, you're you're right. That you always intermixed them, even GI Joes, um, and then there was the adventure, dungeon, the, adventure people. Yeah, yeah, Fisher Price uh, adventure people and the vehicles, the the exchanging of characters and uh, figures and different vehicles. Whether it was the adventure people in GI Joe vehicles or vice versa. Yeah, that was great. Um, and and the, and the one kind of exception or the one that added something different that was awesome was like the, the Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, figures and there was like the tall um, I don't know if he was but he was like a I don't think he was a giant but he was like a tall figure and you could oh kind of... yeah yeah they had some different scales of those they mm-hmm. had some different you know they had the Star Wars scale and then they had like a uh, I don't know if they're six inch but they're they're much larger you know I went to a garage sale and this has been like two years ago and at the garage sale it was all toys and a lot of it was retro toys and the guy was obviously some sort of dealer like he had an antique booth or something somewhere 
maybe he closed his booth down. He was just getting rid of stuff. And he had these sandwich baggies, like the large, uh, like quart size Ziploc bags of like little miniature figures. And I, I went on Twitter and I posted pictures and somebody told me what they were. I mean, a lot of them are like, um, Marvel superheroes and different people like that. So, and I wasn't that interested. It was $5 for a bag, but right in the middle of the bag, I could see, uh, and I forgot his name, but it's the, uh, orc assassin dungeons and dragons. Yeah. Figure. Yeah. The short, the short one or yes. And then right next to that was like the little dwarf guy that had mm-hmm. the, um, yellow Viking helmet. And yeah. I was like, I'll take this one for $5. And uh, I told Susan, I was like, this guy's worth like 20 online. She's like, oh, you can make your money. I was like, oh, if I sold something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had the whole line of characters. and uh, Did you? Yeah, they're pretty much gone. I think that there might be some stragglers at my mom's. Um, I need to get over there now that I have this built up, you know, to because uh, my mom doesn't want that stuff there anymore. Yeah. But I, I don't know. There may not be anything. The last thing I had that from like those and like Clash of the Titans was the uh, skeleton that, you know, did the boat in Clash of the Titans. Oh, Charon, yes. Yeah, I yes. had him and oh, uh, the River Sticks. I think he's somewhere around. He's not in my room here. But, oh, I should be uh, mistaken. I know people can't see this, but can you? Oh, look at that. Yeah. But see now he is uh he's super glued because he cuz yeah. cuz he's one piece. If he had if he had him, he's in like a cloak, right? And so there's no legs. It's like one solid leg, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say, cuz it's the cloak and he would just fall over. Like you couldn't even stand him up. So I ended up gluing him. The no. reason so let me just say this. Because someone, you know, listening would be like, he's on a shelf to your le-. like that's where he was. Literally like a foot and a half away from me on the shelf. The reason, <laughs> the reason I didn't know he's there is because even though this is all my stuff, um, I'm horrible at like decorating. So my wife, I made a lot of like custom uh, floating shelves and put them all over the walls, different sizes and everything. And I knew how I wanted that, but she decorated. She got all my stuff out and decorated because I would just do it like all everything clumped in. Like I have um, what my wife and they really are, but she likes to mock me and say my my uh, my baby toys. Which are my, my? I don't have Snow White, but I have the Seven Dwarfs, and I got them in Disney World. I had them as a kid. My my grandmother went to Disney World in like eighty one or eighty two or something, and brought these back. And for some reason, probably because my mom thought the same thing, like these are baby toys, they would come out at Christmas. I, I, I don't know why, but they would come out at Christmas. My mom would let me like put them around the Christmas tree or on the, wherever. And then she'd pack them up. And again, probably the same idea as my wife going, they're baby toys. What are these? What are they? We don't want these out all the time. Um, but when I went and they're gone from my childhood, they were gone. I don't, my mom, oh. <laughs> my mom probably got rid of them. Like, I don't want these, <laughs> I don't want these baby toys anymore. Um, but when right. I went to Disney back in 2018, uh, we were staying on resort at Port Orleans and uh, they have like a little gift shop store there. And we stopped there one night late and, you know, you have your, credit card or debit card tied to your uh your band right you get those little mickey mouse bands or whatever yeah yeah and your fast pass around those and i just grabbed them and walked over and scanned them and threw them in my suitcase and we got home and she's like oh yeah baby toys nice so, all seven dwarves yeah but she's so she's got everything kind of like 
not totally clumped together. Like the seven dwarves are kind of mixed around everywhere. So that's why I didn't know, even know where he was. And I looked and I'm like, oh, there he is. So, you know, I, I, um, most of my vintage Star Wars toys, I mean, figures that even the ones I had as a kid are, uh, pretty tight. Like they all still stand up, you know, but a lot of the lesser, I don't want to say lesser qualities, but smaller runs like Clash of the Titans figures, all of my D&D figures are all, like, they're just worn out. I didn't play with them more, but I just don't think they were probably made as well yeah. um, as some of the other lines. Yeah, and, you know, for me, I'm not, I'm not a purist. I'm not a collector. I just like to have things that were either actually mine, um, like that is, or... You know, when my wife and I go to antique stores or thrift stores or whatever, and I see something, I go, oh, man, I used to have one of those, but I don't have it anymore. I'm not like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It, it's not about a collection. Like, I know you like to have your collections and everything, you know, the collector of collections. And and it's not to mock you. It's just I, everyone's their own thing. Like, I don't have a lot of space. Like, this is my area to get whatever I want. So I just get things as... as uh, as I see them and they remind me, or it could even be something that I didn't have, but it's just like, wow, I remember that. Like I have a ET that has a pull string and it talks still works. Um, but, uh, so I don't mind like super gluing a character like that. Like someone could be listening to me. Oh my God, I can't believe you super glue it. Well, I want them to stand up. Right. So I super glue them. I don't care. You, it's it's not a big deal. I glue one figure and, uh, kind of regretted it but I didn't really know how else to try to fix him. But I was uh, at the old house when I had my collection in the next room, I was working one day and I just heard this like calamity, like something fell and all this. And I was like, what was that? You know, and I go in the other room and I'm looking around and, and I have a bunch of, uh, from my childhood, the vintage 12 inch star Wars figures. Okay. And I found some stuff that was kind of laying on the floor by there. And I was like, huh? And I look up, and I'm like, okay, there's Boba Fett. He's standing there. Everything looks good. There's Darth Vader. He's all right. And then I look next to that, and there's Chewbacca. I'm like, he's okay. And then I look back, and I go, hey, how come Chewbacca doesn't have any arms? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the rubber band that connected the arms. So I guess on the inside of each arm, there's like a hook. And then there's a rubber band connecting the hook, so it's pulling the arms into the sockets. So the rubber band just broke and then the arms just fell to the ground and knocked stuff off when they did. And I could not figure a good way to stretch the rubber band back in and like a new rubber band. And so finally I was like, you know what? And I just put some super glue on the, the socket and then stuck it in the arm and let it dry. And, and so now his arms don't move, but, uh, but at least he's got arms. Again. Yeah. I mean, he look, yeah, he looks fine. Right. And you're never going to yeah. sell it. So who cares? Right, right. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah is, I think you said like this, we had no uh, sketched out plan for this episode. We just wanted to get back into the swing of things. Obviously, I think we're going to try. We had said this before, but really now that I have my own space and I'm not moving because that was part of the thing. I moved uh, last year into a complete fixer upper home. I had really nowhere to podcast other than my bedroom, which was off the kitchen. And anytime I tried kids everyone wanted to make something it was just it was a pain in the neck so um i'm actually uh real quick i i I bought a 10 by 16 amish built shed sided real nice everything and it was specifically for this um i i it's like 
10 by 10 right now. And then I have another six foot area that has a treadmill that's going to be a fitness area. So we do want to, now that I have a spot and you have your spot, is try to hook up at least once a month. If we can get episodes out more, get together more, this is really just a fun thing for you and I to do and talk about some movies or whatever. But we just wanted to kind of, like you said, break the break the champagne bottle and get this baby get this baby afloat this uh studio here it's not and studio is like really just a loose term because it's really just my room right it's it, it definitely looks great though i'm looking at it right now yeah well i appreciate that and it doesn't have the acoustics that my old studio had that you were in but that studio was like really really small and it was hot it had no air conditioning it had no heat um so, you know, it doesn't sound as good in here, but I'm super happy with it. It's like, I've been out here all day. My wife's out of town and the kids are at school. Like, I've been out here all day and I don't want to go back. And I told my wife I should have put a Murphy's bed in here or something. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, th- I thought, you know, we, a couple of things we could talk about is really just uh, some stuff that's got us through the last year. Like, I don't want to dwell on the pandemic and everything, but it did suck and Sometimes you need things to just kind of take your mind off of it, you know, or and, and enjoy life a little bit if you can. And uh, I got to tell you, one of the things that I've been utilizing for a long time, and specifically in, in this house the past, probably the past year, um, is Pluto TV. Now, my old house, I was a cord cutter, and I built my own antennas in my attic, and I had great reception and so I could get certain channels. Plus, I had streaming services. And here, I I, I can't use an antenna. It's uh, I'm in a part where it's kind of hard. Um, but oh. Pluto TV, man, I don't know. Do you use Pluto TV at all? I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, I'm familiar with it. You know, there was a time where uh, uh, I think when we were moving and I was waiting to get my cable turned on. And uh, so I, I could, I had uh, on my phone, I could do stuff, but I couldn't computers we didn't have cable in any of the rooms yet and so i'd i know i'd watch some stuff on pluto tv and i think um tubi is a free one and crackle and so those were like my uh uh you know movie my go-to movies for a while yeah i I think i have just about especially on my phone like every free streaming service like that where they're free Uh, but pluto is definitely the one i use every day like literally every day um, when I get home from work and if I take a shower and I'm getting dressed in the other room, I always have it on listening. Um, and so if you're not familiar with Pluto TV, which I'm sure most people are, but if you're not, um, it is, it's set up like a T like a, like a cable guide, right? So you have channels and there's all different genres. There's comedy and sci-fi, you know, but, but obviously I, I go to the classic section and you can make a favorite list of your channel. So you can just scroll through easily like you would on a cable box, which I love that. And uh, some of the channels that I, a lot of the channels that I have are all in the classic uh, channels, right? So you got stuff like the Johnny Carson show. Love it. Johnny Carson is, uh, I remember watching as a kid. I remember watching in high school, staying up late and watching. I just love the Johnny Carson show. Um, it's definitely a classic. You got the Price is Right channel. And that's the thing too. Like it's channels, right? So 
all that plays on Johnny Carson is Johnny Carson show. All that plays on the Price is Right is the Price is Right, and it's the Barker year, so it's all Bob Barker. Nice. You know, all different uh, timelines and everything. Um, Carol Burnett show, definitely a funny one. Three's Company. I mean, come on. I remember, even though it was like 70s, early 80s, that was a syndicated show that we, you know, you'd watch all the time on your local, you know, stations and everything. And uh, there's one I'm going to save for last because I know you kind of, you started to tell me something and then we didn't get to finish on it. But there's the Love Boat. You know, we did definitely talked on the show a couple years ago. You you were on a huge Love Boat, uh, you know, <laughs> binge. So you got the Love Boat channel, right? Um, Bob Ross. Come on. Who didn't watch Bob Ross as a kid? I go to bed to Bob Ross a lot. I just put him on and I fall <laughs> fall asleep. Um, buzzer, old 70s, 80s game shows, and uh, Family Ties. I mean, come on. That's a, that's a classic, yeah. classic 80s show. Um, and they just added, I think it was like the, a month or two ago, they added Matlock. So you got a Matlock channel, which I am totally loving. That is one of those shows I never watched it. I never watched it when it was on. And I think it's more like mid to late 80s, if if I'm correct, maybe, or just ran the whole 80s. I'm not really sure, but I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm waiting for the Murder, She Wrote channel to come on. I have the, <laughs> I have the whole series. You know, it's like, it, you know what it is? I can go on my Plex and watch Murder, She Wrote whenever I want. Um, I can watch Three's Company whenever I want. Love Boat whenever I want. But there's something about it. it it's old school TV and it's kind of that old school feel where you can kind of turn it on. And you don't know what episode's going to be on. You know what I mean? Because I can mm-hmm. tell you the other night I'm in the kitchen and I'm always watching something on my phone, you know, whether it's Pluto or Plex. And I wanted to watch Murder, She Wrote. And I, I literally sat there for almost 10 minutes trying to figure out what what episode do I want to watch. And it's like, come on, man. You're, you're doing the dishes. It's really just like background noise. So with this, it's like, all right, I'm going to watch some Love Boat. And you don't know what's going to be on there. So I'm hoping for a murder she wrote. Uh, Chips would be a great channel. That would be great to, yep. you know, if they'd add something like that. So, but um yeah, man, I love Pluto TV. If you, if you even if you have cable and you just want to have that option to just randomly watch specific shows like that, check it out, man. It's free, completely free. So, you know, and you have little ads, little commercials every once in a while. Nothing like you would have on TV either. So, um, but yeah, Family yeah. Ties, man. That's something we started talking about earlier. <coughs> yeah. So I was. Um... Actually, I just saw something online that said it was, um, this is the, like this month, I think it said was the 39th anniversary of the launch of Family Ties. Oh my God. So 39 years ago. And uh, so what I was kind of mentioning to you earlier is that I, I just started watching like the first uh, half dozen episodes or so. And and um, actually the pilot episode uh, is really good because it sets up like uh, you know conflict between Ax or um, Alex and Mallory and between the kids and the parents. It just sets up all the dynamics that you're gonna see you know throughout the entire run of the show later. Um, but what what struck me was 
uh, is that they, they get into, and I don't remember if this is the very first one or one of the first couple, but the, um, the plot was that Alex uh, was wanting to date a uh, girl from college. And his parents, you know, are like, well, you know, this is an older girl. And he's like, but I'm very mature for my age. And they go, Alex, you're a high school senior. You're 17. Uh, and then Mallory says, well, is it, if it's okay for Alex, then can I date college kids? And they say, oh, Mallory, you're two years younger. You're, uh, you know, and it's like that kind of weird exposition. Like they're trying to get information to the audience to explain mm -hmm. how old everybody is. You yep. know? Uh, but, but they say, well, you're two years younger. So in two years, uh, ask us then, and then we can say no. And then the crowd laughs, you know, uh, but it, I was like, wow, I forgot that Michael J. Fox and, you know, as Alex P. Keaton is 17 years old, or at least Alex is 17 years old in the show and Mallory is 15 years old. And I was just kind of applying that to my kids because when I watch uh, Family Ties, I'm like, I relate to the kids, you know, but now I'm thinking like, not only should I be related to the parents, I think I'm older than the parents mm -hmm. <laughs> and my kids are older than those kids, you know? So it's, uh, it was definitely weird to go back and, um, and revisit it. Um, I, I wanted to, to talk about that Pluto TV for a second because I love, man, I am a dinosaur. Uh, when it comes to my thoughts on music and movies and entertainment and stuff like that, I'm trying to come around and I'm doing better. But for a long time, I wanted to hang on. To, so first of all, I wanted to acquire everything. And number two, I never wanted to, to let it go. Mm -hmm. You know, so like you mentioned, Carol Burnett. Uh, I remember watching Carol Burnett and thinking it was, you know, sort of funny. There's There's hits and misses on that show, I think. Um, but the funny stuff is hilarious. Um, but then there's a lot of stuff that's just, you know, I don't know if it's uh, whatever. It just doesn't connect with me. But I ended up downloading, I think, like 11 seasons of Carol Burnett. Like, I've got like 40 or 50 gig <laughs> of Carol Burnett. I don't love Carol Burnett, but there was like nowhere else to get that. I think there was a... A DVD box set that kept showing up on eBay for two hundred dollars. I'm not that much into Carol Burnett, you know. So yeah. I, I do like that idea of Pluto TV of just being able to go there and pick that channel and go, yeah, give me a give me a random Carol Burnett and that's good, and then I can walk away. I don't have to own the whole series to just enjoy one episode. Yeah, you know, what? I'm guilty of the same thing, uh, and I think I actually that's what's on my Plex server is from that box set because there's like introductions of of the episode, uh, you know, with Carol Burnett and what other actors at the present time that it was made, you know, so they're all, oh, yeah, and they're kind yeah. of describing things or whatever they talk about it, whatever. So they're definitely, it's definitely from a box set. And, and I completely understand because there's been times where I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch it. And then I, I, I don't. And I think it's just sitting on my server, taking up space. But then I do a thing and go, well, I got the space. <laughs> like right yeah know, well but, that's the other thing is that hard drives you know i mean are so cheap now that uh yeah you can just acquire that stuff but i bought the family ties dvd box set it was so cheap at one time it was like 39 dollars for the complete run i think it's like six or seven seasons i forget but uh 
Um, I bought that. And then, of course, when I buy a DVD, I don't have a DVD player in my living room. I and mean, when I buy a DVD, it comes right to my computer room and I rip it and put it right on my media server, you know. So, and then the, the DVD either goes in a box or, you know, eventually they. They seem to go to Goodwill or whatever. Like, I, I just don't, I'm not that interested in keeping uh, the disc anymore. I will tell you uh, a DVD that I just bought. Um, one of the things, so I've been going back and watching uh, a lot of 70s and 80s TV shows. Uh, unfortunately, I, I was watching Love Boat and then I forgot where I was. It was like somewhere in season two and there's, there's just hundreds and hundreds of episodes, you know. So, um, but they tend to kind of go out of your brain as mm-hmm. <laughs> as quickly as yeah. they come in. So yeah. I'll watch one and then I'm like, eh, it kind of seems familiar. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But um, I've got a DVD sitting right here. Uh, this is uh, the third season of the Hardy Boys <laughs> and Nancy Drew Mystery Show. Uh, this was uh, late 70s. You've got... Um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Sean, uh, oh, not you. No, yeah, um, Cassidy. Yeah, <laughs> Sean Cassidy. Um, so that uh, I don't, I don't know too much about it, but this is what I know. Uh, on the the first, there's three seasons, and uh, the the for a long time, I guess only the first two seasons were on DVD, and then they finally released the third season. So I had DVD rips of the first two. I bought them. Uh, and that's what started me on all this. I went to like a garage sale and they were five bucks and I was like, oh, and, uh, but the third one I downloaded like, like VHS <laughs> copies that someone had made. So they finally released the third season. So now I have them all, uh, on DVD, but the first two seasons were called the Hardy boys and Nancy drew mysteries. And the episodes would like alternate, like, there would be one with the Hardy boys and then one with Nancy drew. And of course it's that teenage, you know, we're going to solve a mystery. It's not, not that unlike Scooby-Doo or something. Um, but I guess the, the girl who played Nancy drew, uh, complained that she wanted more adult storylines, which it's not a, a show for adults. You know, she wanted more adult storylines and uh, she wanted, you know, just different things. And so uh, as I hold this back up for you again, you can see the third season is called Hardy Boys. Hmm. <laughs> so I think they just gave old Nancy the X. They were like, well, see you around, Nancy. Is, is, it called, uh, the, is it called Hardy Boys or The Hardy Boys? Because we always referred to it as The Hardy Boys when I was a kid. Because Yeah, it's The Hardy okay. Boys and Nancy Drew Mysteries. All right. And uh, uh, in the the third season, they get like hired by the CIA or something to kind of be like their remote guys. So they kind of go. They, it, it went off in a weird kind of thing because they were always just like the home hometown kids that would solve a crime. Yeah, they weren't, like working for Mystery Incorporated or anything. Yeah, I I kind of remember watching it probably on like Fox twenty nine local here when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know and. Uh... Yeah, there's so there's so many like 
shows where uh, I have them on my server and I'm like, ah, I'm just not going to watch it. But then there's ones I'm, I'm always like looking for, like Dukes of Hazard. And I've seen, I've watched Dukes of Hazard on different streaming services. You'll have uh, options. A lot of times, you know, Amazon, it, it's really frustrating. You pay this, you know, the fee goes up every year. It's just going, it's getting more and more, right? Yep. Um, because, you know, they're a starving company and they need every penny. Um, but, uh, you know, they'll have these things where it's like, Oh yeah, it's uh, Dukes of Hazards. It's on uh, Prime Video, so you go to watch it, and it's yeah. like you get maybe like season two, and you only get the first six episodes. But everyone, all the others, you got to pay to rent. It's like, oh, come on, yeah. really? Is it just trying to hook you? Yeah, and is there that yeah. high of a demand for the Dukes of Hazard? I mean, there's people like us that want to watch it, but are there people like us that are really paying? You know, a dollar ninety nine an episode or something. I don't. I, yeah, I, don't I can't imagine. Now, I'll tell you, around the beginning of uh, the whole COVID pandemic, and all of a sudden we found like, all of a sudden restaurants started shutting down, and movie theaters started shutting down, and and so we were turning to uh, entertainment in our homes. And I had all I'd been, I've had Amazon Prime for years, but I never watch their video stuff i was like well i've got netflix and i've got all these other things but all of a sudden when i was spending 24 hours a day at my house i was like hey i need some more <laughs> i need some more video content right and i started going through amazon prime and that was right around the time that they added the entire run of uh, virtually the entire run of unsolved mysteries <laughs> and i spent a lot of time watching those i i was a huge unsolved mysteries fan as a kid i watched it and that music i'd be like oh no it's gonna be you know bigfoot here he's coming i just i just had to i just had to interrupt real quick so like um i used to stay at my grandmother's house uh back in like eighth grade uh we had moved and i wanted to keep going back to where i came from like the town over right and hang out with my friends. So my grandmother would let me stay. She had an apartment. And uh, she she would work late at night. She would work till like 12. Now, she was re- retirement age old lady already at that point. But she was like kind of taking care of like an older lady. Um, and so she would be there till like 1130. And then she'd come home. And I would, you know, at night after skateboarding with my friends, I would be at her place. And she had just like a basic cable. So a lot of it was watching these old shows that we we grew up with and i remember that would come on and oh my god that theme song was i <laughs> it scared the crap out of me dude i would hate that theme song and uh yeah so i yeah. i i can't i can't uh, share your love for that show well you know they rebooted it recently uh, over the past maybe like a year or two years ago on netflix and they turned it into a different kind of show where they just do one mystery for an hour long you know and that's interesting and i think that's kind of what people are more into these days they want more of a deep dive they want more information uh especially when they're binging a show like that but the great thing for me about unsolved mysteries as a kid was you're getting four mysteries so you know there was always going to be that one that was like this guy robbed a bank and he's on the run and he 
he forged checks from women and then they would show him you know they're like this is the last known picture of billy the check forger <laughs> if you know this guy call 1-800 unsolved mysteries and then the next and then it'd be like coming up next a ufo lights up the sky over phoenix arizona and you're like all right so it was like he got all those different little segments it was like no matter what there was uh I think there was different categories. There was like lost treasures was one and ghosts was one. So you always got a little sampling of different stuff. And I, I, I like that. Now, I think they've mixed them up a little bit on Amazon Prime. And I don't know why. Maybe they've removed a few segments or something. So the show lists, the episodes or the segments on the episodes don't exactly line up. But really, who cares? You know, <laughs> you're putting it on, you're watching uh the old segments and stuff um so i've enjoyed that i recently this a couple months ago i saw a news story that said they have canceled the new reboot of punky brewster and i think i and a million people said there's a new punky brewster (laughs) like i didn't know that you know (laughs) and uh, they they launched it on that Peacock streaming service, NBC's pay streaming service, which is probably why nobody heard of it. Um, so I did watch that, and it's essentially Punky Brewster all grown up, and it's it's exactly the same as the original show. I mean, now she has uh, three kids of her own, and in the first episode, there's an orphan. That's at a shelter and and looking for a foster family. And so now Punky becomes the foster parent where, you know, in the original, she was the kid who was the foster. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the original characters make uh, appearances and cameos. There's only 10 episodes. It really feels like um, one of those Nickelodeon kind of sitcoms. Like it's just a little... It's all kind of fake. There's, you know, you know, it's all going to get wrapped up in that 25 minute time period. They're all going to go, well, shucky darn, you know, um, there's a lot of references to the original show. Uh, you know, I think the first or second episode, the kid needs something done and she pulls it off. And then she says, I still got that punky power. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of that kind of callbacks to the original. Yeah. I don't think it's a great show, but it did for a while make me go watch some of the original Punky Brewster episodes and that stupid Punky Brewster cartoon. cartoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a Glomer, whatever his name was, and he's like, oh, Punky, his little magic friend. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, you know, I... I a lot of times I'll, I'll watch something and then it, it puts me in that for, you know, three or four days or a week or whatever. And so uh, I had a good time revisiting old Punky Brewster and her friends and stuff, but I'm over it. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> came and went. I didn't see the, the new show and I had only heard about it because I kind of did one of them backwards dives and watched some of the old ones myself after I watched Kid 90, which was like. Um, yeah, it, it, it really reminded me of the, um, the Val Kilmer, uh, movie or documentary that's on, I think Amazon prime, right. Um, and kid 90 was like, she kind of did the same thing growing up, always had a video camera and she wasn't really, it, 
it 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 shows like her life when she really wasn't in the spotlight anymore, but she was still hanging out with those crowds. And it it's a I I enjoyed the documentary. Um, it's sad, right? Some of it's sad. It, it talks about um, the issues that she went with and her body changing and and uh, you know the business not being exactly doing the right things with her and stuff like that. And, and then just the loss of, of her friends, right. And young actors and, and all that stuff. I, I really enjoyed the documentary. Um, but then I, I did the same thing you did, right. I went back and I was like, I gotta wash this. I, I, I gotta wash this out of my, my brain. I gotta have some happy memories. Right. Um, and so I, I watched a couple and then I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm good with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just enough to, you know, like, a, yeah, uh, like I, when you sample something at the buffet, you don't got to eat all the chicken. No, just have a little taste of chicken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's good. You know, it, it. I don't know about Susan, but like Nicole, my wife, she just she understands. But like when I, you know, because I'm always watching old stuff. I don't. The only newer TV I watch is either with her or like really the only show I watch is Survivor. Like that's my show. You know, that just came back on. Um, I'm, when I'm in the kitchen or we're doing whatever, it's always like older stuff. And, and I know the acting is, you know, you look back, it, it's just bad. Right. But it, that's why we, that's why you and I are here. That's why people listening are here because there's that nostalgia that it makes you feel good again. Right. It, it takes you back, at least for me. I mean, I guess everyone has their own thing, but for me, it takes me back to that time where, you know, for me, life was somewhat innocent, right? Before the parents got divorced and moved and all that kind of stuff. It was like, those were the, so I don't care that the acting's horrible. I know that, but I love this stuff, right? And nobody in my yeah, house, they're, they're, nobody in my house appreciates it. I tried with yeah, my kids and I know, I know you've done it too with your kids and you tried to, <laughs> you know, we tried to groom them, but the reality is <laughs> my- it's not their childhood. It's not that my kids don't like 80s movies. My kids don't like movies. <laughs> they're like, if it's longer than a YouTube clip, they're not watching it, you know? Yeah. Um, I did, you mentioned the Val Kilmer documentary. I watched that. Uh, I thought it was, uh, If for listeners, if you haven't seen it or didn't see the hype surrounding it, uh, the, the big uh, reveal in it was that Val Kilmer had throat cancer and they, he has a tracheotomy and he has uh, not a voice box, but a, a hole in his throat that he has to plug when he talks. So his, I mean, everything he says personally in the film is subtitled because it's very difficult to understand him just speaking. Uh, and, uh, I don't want to dive too much into the documentary, but I just wanted to say that there's a lot of things in that documentary that aren't true or that are left out. You know, Val Kilmer says, well, I made this movie and these people were mean to me. And then if you go back and look, everybody else's account was that Val Kilmer was a jerk, you know? And I really, uh, I hate it when the the movies or the stars, the people that we grew up with, you find out, uh, that they weren't good people. Uh, I'm, I'm going to trans- transfer into another story here, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of, like, these people on 
I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Val Kilmer in Real Genius. That's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be that guy, you know, with the, the cool clothes and the funny stuff. And then to see these uh, throwbacks, you know, uh, where people are saying, yeah, he wasn't a, a nice person. You know, he didn't want to do Batman. He didn't want to do Top Gun. You know, he was forced to do it. And so I, it takes a little bit out. And of course, there's always that argument of whether the uh, the art can be separated from the artist, you know. And this is what I, I was going to transition into, is that uh, recently my wife was out of town, and uh, my son, since we've started, well, he must have done it before uh, our last episode, but he has moved away to college. So now it's just the three of us. So my wife is out of town, and it's me and my daughter, and... Uh, she said, hey, is there stuff for breakfast? And I said, well, if there's not, uh, I'll just make chocolate cake. And she's like, chocolate cake? And I go, yeah, there's eggs. There's eggs in chocolate cake. And now I'm just starting to do the, the classic Bill Cosby, Cosby routine, yep. you know? Dad is and great. I'm like, milk, there's the milk in chocolate cake. I don't do a good Bill Cosby, but I'm doing the bit. And she's like, what are you talking about? You know? And I'm like, oh, there's this funny bit by, and I just hung on it, you know? And my kids are like way more socially conscious than I ever was. Like when I was a kid, like I remember, you know, like, like um, this, the time frame doesn't really work out on this, but like naked gun, and you go, oh, that that guy's O.J. Simpson. He's a football player. And then later you go to watch it, and you're like, oh, that guy's probably a murderer. And I go, nah, yeah, I know, but this movie's really funny. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's not going to stop me from watching it, you know? And so there's this moment where I'm trying to explain to her, like, okay, this is back when Bill Cosby was different? Like, and, we're, and I'm, like, I'm trying to tiptoe around i mean she knows what he's you know uh she's 16 they D- all know different everything. or or better he was hiding who he who he was <laughs> yeah and so i'm trying to feel her out to see like is this she gonna get up and walk out of the room like is she gonna cancel me because i'm showing making her watch <laughs> bill cosby and she's gonna go to school and be like my father makes me watch bill cosby you know I'm not... you don't know I'm, flack I'm, has uh... been canceled Right, you know, so, uh, but it was a weird moment that I hadn't really mm-hmm. encountered. And, and then I was like, is it okay if we watch this? And she's like, yeah, we can watch. And she laughed, you know, and, and um, uh, when, when I was a kid, my parents, between the two of them, probably had, oh, I don't know, 500 uh, vinyl albums in the living room. They had this huge area of records. And uh, I was I was allowed to go get any record I want and take it to my room and listen to it. And I discovered Bill Cosby's stand-up records, you know. And so I would listen to those over and over until I, I could do the routines. I had every word, and then I would get on the bus, and, and they would be like, you know, I'd be like, why is there air? <laughs> the kids are like, oh, you're so funny. And it just because you're repeating, you know. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I moved that, because next to the uh, Bill Cosby albums were the Cheech and Chong albums, you know. And then I'd, I'd be on the bus, you know, Dave's not here. And they're like, oh, this guy's hilarious on the bus. Um, but, and then I, 
found the Richard Pryor albums, and my dad was like, "Okay, let's <laughs> let's take a break for a minute there." Um, but he's like, "Go back know, to Bill Cosby. He's a wholesome guy, <laughs> right?" Really, Bill Cosby. Let's start over that list. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure not just those guys, but you know, I'm sure there were movies that we saw where the people weren't always great people, but. Uh, that that was just a weird thing revisiting something and, and yeah. uh, seeing it through the kids' eyes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and plus, you know, we, so much came out from the, from that, and it, it it is it's you know, can you separate it? I, I mean, I don't know. I guess you go back and watch that special was was huge, right? With that bit that you talking about, the trunk, it was four huge times a day. It seemed like where yeah. he was just sitting on the chair. Just talk, and I mean, I remember watching that with my mom and just laughing, and you know, and then obviously there was the Cosby Show, and you know what I mean. So it was really just like that that sticker shock of like, oh my gosh, this is he's a monster, right? But all this, but it it one was art, one was real life, and uh, you just got to separate it, you know, if you want to go back and watch it. But I haven't. I just. I just have him. <laughs> All right. You know, but. So I had, yeah. Um, I, when you mentioned the Val Kilmer, uh, I had gone through, I, I feel like there are times I feel like uh, that I've seen every single thing on Netflix. Like you go through and you're like, you go through the documentaries or you go through this and there's nothing to watch. So I, I told you I recently started going through Amazon Prime and I did watch a documentary like last week and it was called cassette a documentary mixtape and it was interesting because it had two different uh storylines and one storyline was kids who are still listening to cassettes now i know that over the past uh five to ten years we've seen this huge resurgence in vinyl vinyl is very trendy vinyl is expensive uh, kids are listening to records again. Um, but it didn't kind of have that same thing for cassettes. And so I guess there's a little bit of a movement now for cassettes. You know, we did see it also with the uh, VHS tapes. Uh, so there's uh, people that are getting into cassettes again, and or some of them for the first time. But the other storyline is with these older guys who were the people who invented the cassette tape. And so they've got all these original drawings like, yeah, this is what we thought it should look like. And they go to the plant where they made the first cassette. And these men are bewildered that anybody would ever uh, want to still use a cassette because they went on to work on creating the CD. So to them, there's no nostalgia factor. They're like, yep, we made the cassette and then we made the CD and the CD was better. So... Uh, you know, from an engineering standpoint, right? Yeah, they don't they don't get it. And then you go to these kids that are like, it's a it's music, but you could put it in your pocket, and it's a thing, you know. And, and uh, going through all the things that we went through when we were kids. So, uh, I thought that w- that one was kind of interesting. Yeah, I have to check that out. I, I have a friend, Jason, that uh, uh, I think his studio is Red Pants, and he he, he makes cassettes and people order and he sends them out and Mm. other music and other people like, you know, do cassettes and everything. And it's, it's pretty cool stuff, man. But yeah, I I could see how the, the the people who engineered the design of these things are just going, why are we? No, no, no. We we're away. 
go do this. But because it was, you know, I think we remember, like, I remember driving in the van with my dad at eight tracks. Right. And then it was like, we got a car that had a cassette player, you know? So it was like, you do remember those changes. So it just impacted mm-hmm. your life. And, you know, plus for them to design, I'm not taking away from what they did with their, you know, going from that to CD, but for us, you know, cassettes, it was a big deal. You had your, you know, your clubs where you could order 12 and you know, you know what I mean? And you, for a penny and then you had to buy yep. so many and you didn't, and then your mom got stuck with it or, it was it was a big deal, you know, because that's yeah. were a, a big deal for us. I th- I think I mean we had a lot of vinyl in the house, but I think um, that that had been transitioning out as we were you know when we were younger, and a lot of it probably was left from our parents and and still being you know I remember buying records, but it was that transitioning to cassettes because it was portable. That was the, you know, you weren't yeah. taking a record in the van. You're using the A-Track, and you weren't taking a record in your back pocket. You're taking a Walkman. So, Do you remember your transition from cassettes to CDs? Mm-hmm. Was it slow? Was it swift? Was there an album or or something that, uh, that made you want to get that first CD? Uh, I, I know that for a little while I was doing both. I was buying uh, like a couple of CDs, but like I, I definitely remember uh, when all the grunge albums came out in '91, mm-hmm. like Nirvana and Pearl Jam. I had those on cassette first, so I wasn't I wasn't necessarily buying CDs at that time. Uh, but in in '92, you remember the briefcase that everybody had that you would fill full of cassettes? Yeah. You know, hold like 30 cassettes. I had a double-sided one. I had one that held 60 cassettes. Of and course, I mean, of it was like, did. <laughs> that's like a, a roving DJ. Like, you're like, hey, do you have this song? You're like, hold on, zip, zip, zip. And you, you, pro- know, and you, you probably also you probably also had the little speakers that would plug into your Walkman that you could put on the like lunch table and everyone could listen. You know what? I did. Well, my dad had a pair because he had a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he had a CD Walkman he got, and uh, so you could plug it in, and you listen. That was the only CD player we had for a while. Was dude, that, dude? That is ins- but, that is so insane. Uh, I'm sorry, but I wanted yeah. the I wanted those little speakers for my Walkman because I knew someone that had them, and I wanted them so bad. I never got them, and it's like, like you literally can go to the drugstore and get a Bluetooth speaker that's like half the size and sounds way better. You know, but but for us, it was like, wait a minute. I mean, I can take off my orange spongy headphones and plug this in, and people can hear what I'm listening to. And this was like a literally like a hard plastic speaker, and then the the jack came out the side. There was no wire. It was like a speaker with a headphone jack attached to the side that you would snap onto the side of a CD Walkman. Hmm. <laughs> um, but. Uh, and then it had like the little thumb dial for, for, uh, seems like there's for volume or something. I don't remember, but, uh, um, in 92, I was at work and I came out, I walked out and I had parked it. I was kind of by the street light and there was glass everywhere. And I remember saying, I don't remember parking in glass. And then I looked and my window was gone. And someone had smashed my window and stole 
60 cassette tapes. And that was like that day. Like I never bought another cassette tape after that. I was like, well, I'm not replacing them on cassette. Yeah. I'm obviously going to move to CD, you know. I, I had the same experience. My wife and I, our first apartment was down in Buffalo and... Same thing, man. I came out and I didn't, I didn't see the glass. I just said, "Oh, I didn't. I didn't know I left my window down." And then, I, and then I looked down and there was glass. And yeah, my cassettes were. I didn't have a thirty-six or a sixty-one, but um, it was back when the Beatles anthology came out. Yeah, and, and, and my father had gotten the. He had gotten it on cassette. He had gotten the VHSs of it, you know, so he had the video. <laughs> nice. or, and I think he had gotten CDs, so he gave me the cassettes. And I was listening to them all the time, and they got, and I was just like, oh my gosh. I went to my landlord. I'm like, yep, we're out. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm done. Because yeah. it was like the second time my car had been broken into. And the first time, actually, I left the car unlocked, you know, which still, it's like you're still going in my property. It was just a little easier. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. So. But uh, the second time was definitely well, it's cheaper because you don't have to replace a window yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I lost a few uh, GPS units that way. Uh, like not lock at my door, then come out and and you're like, all right, where am I? Uh oh, <laughs> there's just the, the mount would be there, the GPS. Um, I got to tell you one other thing that I started watching not too long ago, and this is gonna break your heart that I hadn't watched it before. But my my nighttime routine is I have an iPad, which is sorely outdated. Like it hasn't been able to be be updated in like five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it sits on my nightstand and I installed VLC on the iPad when they were offering it and it connects to uh, my Plex server. So I can stream movies to it, like movies from, you know, uh, from my server. And so every night when I go to bed, I put on a sitcom episode and they're just the right length, you know, 25 minute length, whatever. And I'll watch an episode, you know, uh, that's what I did. The family ties like every night for a week, I put on an episode and I was scrolling through the list and I was like, you know, I don't think I've ever sat down and watched a full episode of murder. She wrote, (laughs) Which is why I know one of your, uh, I don't know if I would say, I don't want to say favorite show, but I would definitely say um, like a comfort food. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And so I started what now, I started unfortunately with the pilot episode, which is like two episodes stuck together. Yeah. It's like an hour and a half. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not going to stay awake for this, you know? Yeah. Um, But I just started, I was, you know, so I, I had mentioned to Sean, I was like, hey, you know, in this episode, they're, uh, they're in her her town. And he's like, oh, Calvin Cove? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know. And, but on this one, they, they travel. He's like, oh, yeah, to see her nephew who lives in California? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, it Grady. did give me just a, <laughs> yeah, give me just a little bit of an insight into your knowledge uh, possibly unhealthy knowledge of uh, Murder, <laughs> She Wrote. <laughs> but I got to say, that's one of those shows that as a kid, and um, I think you've you mentioned before what what when you started watching it, but, uh, you, but you should share that again. But for me, I didn't have a tie to it, and it was a show about an old lady, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not 
I'm not watching that. Why would I watch that when there's unsolved mysteries on? I might see Bigfoot, you know. Yeah. Real murders. Um, but to, right, exactly. Um, but now watching it as an adult, I'm like, what a great show. What a well-written show. And I gotta say, uh, that if my town depended on me to solve murders like that. I think people would come here just to commit murders because I haven't solved any of the episodes. Like I'm trying to watch for clues and what's <laughs> going on. And, and then at the end, I'm like, Nope, they would have got away under my watch. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's, it's another one where my wife comes in she just rolls her eyes because of the acting or whatever. But you know, Oh, Jesse uh, figured it out again. Huh? And I'm like, of course she did. It's our show. Well, I mean, what do you expect? You know? Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it just it's a childhood thing, man. I remember it, Sunday nights it was on, and uh, and she just reminds me of my grandmother, and I know because she's an old lady, but just her look and everything, just I don't know, man. I just I absolutely love the show. Any episode in Cabot Cove, like those are my favorite. I have a spreadsheet, uh, a Google Doc started where I'm writing down all the Cabot Cove episodes. I searched to find if anybody had already done it before. <laughs> surprisingly no one has uh but there's just i love the cabot cove you got all the you know the locals there and everything and um i just love those episodes so i'm going through the seasons and just documenting them and i haven't done it in a while but um i think it's around i'm not sure if it's like i think it's around season three or four maybe where she's not she kind of like does an opening for the episode and then it kind of hands off to someone else and i'm like yeah those ones i'm like it's got to be her she's got to be in them you know what i mean uh but yeah it's it's a beautiful cheesy show and it's mine it's funny so you know you talk about the with the pandemic you watched everything right now i pretty much like i know you were working from home but i was at work the entire time. I think we were out for two weeks because we didn't have supplies at the factory. So uh, I didn't go through that. It was like business as usual, just different with a mask, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, I actually, you know, as uh, as I was getting this near completion, right, the studio, I'm, you know, getting that podcasting itch. And, you know, you I'm sure you do this too, where you start thinking about different shows you could do. Well, I'll start doing like this, you know. And you know, Murder, She Wrote kind of came up, you know, and I thought, well, how can I do a podcast on Murder, She Wrote? And so then it got me on this kick and I did a search for Murder, She Wrote on my podcatcher and there's like, you know, 10 of them. It's like any, wow. you know, and, and I think so many people started podcasting and, and that's not a knock on it. It's like yes. you're sitting at home and you're yes. listening, right? Because I think a lot of um, like the true crime, right? They got huge, not only on in video but format but on podcast format like i think true crime is probably one of the most popular genres in podcasting huge. right now huge yeah. because people are at home and and so i think uh probably the same thing that happened to me years ago when i started podcasting and probably yourself is when you heard some you know and back then it wasn't as many but there's still a lot but you, then you start going i want to do one you know what i mean so i think people just started podcasts all over so it's like so I started searching like different things and going, holy crap, this year, this podcast just started last year. Like so many different things. So, um, well, speaking of restarting podcasts, uh, I started both of my podcasts last year restarted. It was during the summer. Uh, I hadn't done a episode of 
you don't know Flack or Sprite Castle in like over a year. And um, I, I kind of talked about, I think it was on the You Don't Know Flack, I kind of talked about what inspired me to go back. But uh, I really found during, uh, you know, I, I, even before the pandemic, I worked from home multiple days a week. So when we were told, uh, I think starting April 1st of 2020, we have to work from home full time. I thought, what's the big deal? I work from home. But after several months of it, it gets monotonous. You know, you're sitting at home in the same room, staring at the same wall. And uh, I found myself turning to a lot of podcasts and just listening to shows and listening to, um, you know, people that, and I don't want to say friends because, uh, you know, it's not like I would just drop by these people's house. Like I, you know, I would say 99% of them I've never met in person, you know, but they're voices that are familiar and their stories. I know what they're going to talk about. I know, you know, it's just familiar, you know, mm -hmm. and I found it, be really kind of calming and just uh something to break up you know spending time alone is listening to all these shows and it hit me one day that and i don't want to oversell it like i've got some duty to society or something like that but it did hit me that there may have been people that were feeling like i was that were looking for my show and i wasn't doing it you know and so that was really what what respond uh, both of those shows that made me get back into it. So for the past over a year now, I think I started last June, maybe July, and I think it was June, uh, I've been doing a podcast episode every week. And uh, it's kind of a grueling <laughs> kind of schedule with because uh, I've added video and some other stuff like that, you know. But uh, I just really felt like uh, I, I, had, I had taken – from so many other people that were doing shows and I wanted to to add my my part back into it. Right. Yeah, and it was great to to have you back in uh you know my podcatcher feed coming in every week and and uh it's funny because obviously I get a little behind the scenes and or I get tips and you would be like <laughs> Make sure you update your podcatcher tomorrow. I think you're gonna like this one, and I'd be like, "All right." And then I'd be waiting and waking up the next morning. It was kind of fun, you know. But no, I get, I get what you're saying, man. You know, um, I miss doing it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I felt the same uh, <laughs> as you. Like, oh man, people miss me. But I mean, I've been podcasting. You know, still like this one, we took about a year off, a little more than a year off, and even horrified chicken that I do with my wife, who I live with. We, I think we did one, maybe two episodes since we've moved in the bedroom. And it was just, again, it just, it was just hard to do. And, and I've been busy. Like I said, I, I worked and then we bought a house that, I mean, we should do the money pit as an, as an episode because it, it really was the money pit, <laughs> you know, but it was, it was a house that got us into an area that we've always wanted to be in. And we're so happy we're here and, and we're happy now in hindsight because, the house is ours, right? It was, it was so uh, neglected and it was a one family house and now it's ours and it's our family's house and it's the way we want it. You know what I mean? So, but we've just been extremely, extremely busy. Like this, this was delivered. I had this built and delivered on site. I didn't want to, 
I didn't have the time to build one. And it came last November and it's, it basically sat in my yard, you know, till, till but spring. Just full disclosure to listeners, the inside of it looked like an empty barn. Yeah. It was a shed. It was yeah. a, it was a, yeah, it's a shed. And now looking at the, the picture of the video, it looks like a, a nice upscale room that anybody would have in their house. I mean, you've been doing sheetrock, you've been doing flooring, you've been doing insulation. You know, I, I talked to, uh, uh, we, Sean and I still use Voxer. We still communicate through Voxer. And, uh, you know, Sean will say, boy, uh, yeah, I had to run all the electrical conduit uh, through this. You know, that's what I did today after work. And then I'm like, well, I went to see how many Lucky Charms marshmallows mm-hmm. I could fit in my mouth at one time. <laughs> you know what's funny Which, is. By the way, 63. I was going to say how many. But go ahead, yes. Uh, that was probably <laughs> The biggest pain in my ass was running the conduit because I, I thought when this thing got delivered in November, which I knew, like I bought it in July, maybe August, and because I was having it built, it was going to take a while, and uh, and it, it's like I said, it's an Amish built shed, so it's built like a house, like it's not like your kid at at Home Depot, you know what I mean? It's like it's it's structurally built that way, sixteen inch centers, it's. It's beautiful. Um, it's more than I would spend if I were re- just using it as a shed, but because I knew it was going to be a, like somewhat of a living space. Um, but I ran the conduit out in like the first or second week of December, like right before it really started getting nasty. And it was just, it was cold out and it was just a pain in the ass. I had a lot of turns to make. Um, and then it just sat. It just sat and I didn't even hook the electric up in the house. So, once I started doing, I mean, really, I mean, kudos to my wife. I mean, she kind of lit the fire under me to, to, to get it done. She's like, look, we did all this work on the house. We didn't have time, but now you can. Like, get this thing finished. Don't you want to get in there? And I was like, yeah, I do. I miss it. You know, I miss just having my space. I miss doing this, you know. Um, I thought about it with all the podcasts that are out there now. I thought, man, we... We, we are literally feel like we're, we're going to be starting from scratch, right? Not only this show, but my wife and mine, you know, our show, I, I feel like we're starting from scratch. You got to try to build an audience. But really, to me, it's like, yeah, obviously you and I have talked about this maybe on the show. I know we've talked about off mic, you know, obviously you do something you want people to listen, right? But it also has to be fun. And I'm not worried about like bringing in tons of people right now. It's just I want to just have fun, do this with you, talk be able to sit out here like I did with my wife and have a beer or a coffee if we do it the next day. You know what I mean? And just having this space where I'm surrounded by things from my childhood or things that remind me of my childhood or things that, because I mean, I've got a nice, uh, it's really like a dress, a tall dresser, but it's, it's a mid-century thing here. It's a cabinet basically that I can have my equipment in there. Like I just love old stuff, you know, not just, not just Jessica Fletcher. So uh, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to have this. It's nice to be back doing this. I just want to have fun with it. You know, maybe uh, yeah, we've missed an opportunity to uh, because there's so many shows. But hey, p- kudos to those people. I mean, have fun well, with it. You know, we did our part. They're doing their part now. That you know, there were people that inspired us, mm-hmm. and then we inspired other people, and, and now we're the uh, 
uh, older generation? Are we the, <laughs> the podcasters are coming back? By the way, uh, you know, you told me the other day, and, and uh, you were talking earlier about your some of your action figures and some of the stuff you have, uh, which look great, you know, on, on the video. I mean, it's very classy. Um, uh, I, I mentioned to my wife the other day, I was like, yeah, Sean's putting these shelves up in his uh, studio to put some stuff up. And she says, does he collect stuff like you? And I said, the difference between Sean and I is that I said, like, if there's, uh, you know, uh, Star Wars figures, he'll get a Star Wars figure that reminds him of that line of stuff and that, you know, that, that he has memories of. I'll get all of them. <laughs> I'll go out and track down 79 different figures or whatever. Uh, I said, so that's the difference between Sean and I is that he likes to get, um, and like, I remember, you know, you had a couple of thermoses or lunch boxes and you were like, this reminds me of, mm -hmm. um, you know, having metal lunch boxes or whatever. And I put, uh, I have some shelves over here. They're out there, uh, out of the camera shop, but they're 16 foot long and three high and they're full of lunch boxes. <laughs> Which I didn't think about this, but now when people coming in out of the garage and they slam the door, every metal lunchbox with a handle up there goes rattles. <laughs> it's like I have yeah, it's I have my own doorbell in the room. That's nice. I I actually I actually do have a Star Star Wars wall, and but it's nothing like you had. Like you had like basically like a mini store behind you. I remember uh, <laughs> when you used to live at your old house, but it's just Nicole's like, yeah, that'll be your Star Wars wall. And that's my longest, you know shelf and i've got you know i'm looking right now i've got uh some some custom artwork from christopher tuba and uh some other friend mike alvarez uh, some uh jawas just really cool stuff because i probably have more star wars stuff but nothing it's just random you know random pieces sure, of sure, sure. board pieces from from the star wars game in the 80s you know and my mom still had it so i i just was like i'm never gonna play but i want to put these out you know so uh yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm glad you mailed one to me. Oh, I did, didn't I? What which one I send you? It's Obi Wan. I still yeah. have it it's sitting on top of my dresser. The, um, they're I'm cool. glad I uh, called out the uh, Tupa artwork that's uh, hanging behind you because I just saw uh, within the last day or two, Tupa. Uh, just did a, and he has done artwork for our shows. He mm -hmm. used to do a lot of stuff for the retroist and uh, just a absolutely amazing artist. And he did a custom picture that he posted online that says happy Halloween. And then inside it, it's uh, like chicken McNuggets, but they're all in different Halloween costumes. Yeah. Like there's a ghostbuster and a, a vampire and it kind of throw back to those old uh, commercials, you know, and stuff. And, his stuff is just so whimsical, but so good. And, and his Star Wars stuff is always good. Well, you know what's great is I, I, I had a little surprise when my wife was unpacking. And she's like, oh, you you can finally hang this. You have a wall space to hang this now. And I was like, what? And she pulls out a picture, and it's me, but as uh, as an X-Wing pilot with the helmet. And, and I'm like, holy crap. I forgot about that. You know, I just, I didn't have a, a frame or anything. So I had it in a folder and it was real nice and protected. So, uh, she got me a frame and hung that up. And it's funny cause people come in here now, like kids and my buddy and they go, is that, is that you? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it is. I'm a fucking pilot. That's cool. 
That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, you're talking about other things that we did during the pandemic. I, I don't know if this is necessarily uh, retro, but I'll just mention that my wife uh, decided to turn our front foyer area into a, she, I believe she dubbed it the Room of Curiosities, mm-hmm. which is so funny that we're both, you know, married men. And there's a lot of these things, like if we suggested this, like if I said, hey, can we have a room where we put weird stuff? She would be like, what are you talking about? But the fact that she came up with it, for some reason that's all right, so I'm just rolling with it, you know. Uh, but uh, it, it's uh, it's been kind of fun, like doing some shopping with her, um, you know, getting out to uh, uh, not necessarily thrift stores, but antique malls have had some stuff for it, you know, and, and just going out and, and uh, you know, I, I think I posted online, we found a... Um, a bat. Uh, I found a bat online. It's like a baby bat that's encased in. Um, it's almost like one of those glass bricks that you would put on your by your shower. You mm-hmm. know, like one of those types of things, and um, uh, just some different uh, framed uh, pictures and things like that. So it, it's been fun. Uh, just a you know something to do, something to work on. Yeah, we're going out. Uh, we're going out this Monday actually to. Uh do a little bit of antiquing so hopefully i can add something new to the to the mix here yeah yeah it's something to well uh, i think somebody's got a birthday coming up before too long so i may have to find a little something in uh something that can be added to the uh dutchland studio 2.0 out there (laughs) you don't have to do that but i appreciate (laughs) i appreciate the the thought you uh yeah, I remember you said, I don't know. You didn't send it to me. You brought me a Darth Vader, like a 12 inch Darth Vader without a head. Remember that? <laughs> I think in reference to, uh, I actually, ha- I actually have from, from Christopher Tupa. I have a custom painting of, uh, Luke Skywalker, the action figure with his head at his feet. Uh, because I had told the story one time when he was on about the fact that when I was a kid, I would, pop the heads off of Fisher price and star Wars figures in my mom's exercise bike in the, uh, in the cog there with the pedals and the chain would go and pop their heads off. So he, he had sent me a picture years, years back of, uh, of that character. You know, it's the Luke Skywalker with the, with the lightsaber that would push up off his arm. It's mm-hmm. a drawing of that mm-hmm. head on there. And in my, I actually had a bunch of heads left. They were in the bin. So my wife put them. <laughs> so my wife put the picture in like one of those like shadow box type things, and then put the yeah. heads at the bottom of it. So it's not only his drawn head laying there, but there's a bunch of. Uh, there's actually a Luke. You know, uh, he's an amazing now. artist, and you have your memories, but I'm not sure that's something meant to be celebrated. The the head popping vintage <laughs> action Star Wars figures. It's it's funny because it it's just such a you know known thing. My mom would always tell the story. My wife knows the story. My kid, you know, so I, it's just it's. But looking back, I go, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Why they do they, that? It, they are worth more with the heads. Well, like, I don't care about that, but I just wish I sometimes you know like I wish I had them. You know what I mean? <laughs> but there was something satisfying about those heads just popping off in the. In the chain, can't can't exp- can't explain it. Certain kind of plastic, like a, uh, I had hundreds. It seems like of those little rubber, 
toys from McDonald's. You know, I, I, I've rebuilt collections of the little monsters that you would get in Happy Meals and the little space guys. And before that, I think it was dinosaurs that you would get. You'd buy a Happy Meal and you'd get like a little, you know, T-Rex. This is like late 70s, early 80s, like that that era. Um, but uh, boy, were those satisfying to chew on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just that kind of like chew that I mean and, and if you did it long enough it was all it would turn into like a pencil eraser like pieces that start coming off and you like, yep. get it out of your mouth but until that happened man it was just uh uh very relaxing yeah and that and right there you're like the pencil eraser because I used to chew on those too and like you said they would break up in bits and you'd have to be spitting them out the, the, <laughs> the worst ones you ever did you ever chew on a an eraser off of a pen they had like a grit to them oh yeah those were not so good those, those, uh, oh, I always got them off the uh, mechanical pencils. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. little, because it would just pop right out. Yeah. You could buy, hey, pen, I did have, you could buy pens yeah. that had like erasers on them. And I think they were kind of grayish and they had like a, they had like a grit in them. And you'd, it was, you know, like Elf when you, huh. when he's going, you know, when he's chewing on something. It was gross. I, I had one other thing written in my notes here. Uh, and one of the things that we've talked about many times on our shows, many past episodes, is Life Life 360, mm. <laughs> which is an app that we have on our phones to track our kids and find out where they are. Um, now, since the last time that we recorded together, we've had two changes uh, for Life 360 in my family. The first change is that my daughter turned 16 and now she is driving mm. so you know we pretty much put down the rule like hey if you're going you got to have it on your phone we gotta know where you're at you know if you're you don't want to think like oh if you run out of gas or if you get run off the road or something we'd be able to find you you know but um mostly it shows her hanging out at her job or, or with at her friends where they work that sort of thing um, so we, we try not to just spy on her. Like, we don't just sit around and go, I wonder where she's at now. But, you know, if we're texting and she's not answering, we'll look and see, we'll yep. see what's going on. Um, but the other change that's happened is uh, Mason has uh, not just moved to OU, but he has moved into an apartment uh, near University of Oklahoma. Now, the, the first year that he went was just the entire year was a bad experience because of COVID. Um, he, you know, he got a dorm, went to the dorm, and then they closed down all the classes. So he did all of his classes over Zoom while sitting in a 10 by 16 room with a roommate with beds and dressers. I mean, there was just no room to move. Uh, they, the kids weren't allowed to assemble. They didn't go to football games it was just really kind of a rotten year but this year everything is open everything the football stadium 100 percent capacity um classes are back in session everything uh you know their their uh, kids are vaccinated and, and they're taking precautions but it's it's thing business is open um but he told us if i'm old enough to have an apartment I'm old enough to turn off Life 360. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, man, I can't I can't argue with that. I can't, you know. 
Yeah. Like I wouldn't want my parents knowing where I were if I didn't live there anymore. And so, uh, if you open up Life 360, and there's just a thing that has his name, and it says, uh, location sharing was disabled <laughs> on this date, and that's it. So, yeah, that's um, that's how my oldest is, too. Yeah, so we, we gained a driver, and we lost one from the Life 360 <laughs> yeah. circle. My son got a new phone, and he's like, yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> so, okay, same ideas, like, yeah. You're old enough to, you know, get drafted yeah. or something. So I guess you don't have to have like 360 m What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, so. Well, man, this has felt good. This has felt like we're falling back into things. And we had two kinds of shows, really, that we were doing in the past. We were doing um, kind of memory shows. You know, we would have a topic and we would do that. And then... Uh, and we would have uh, movie shows, you know, where we'd watch a movie and talk about it. Are you still wanting to do one or both of those things in the future? What are you thinking about the the future of throwback reviews? Uh, yeah, I think we just kind of mix it up a little bit, you know, get a topic, get a movie, mix it up. Like I said, if we could, I would love to just be able to sit and do this once a month at least, you know. And if we can get more, and that, that's great. But I'm definitely not going to be like you when I come back and be like, all right, every week because <laughs> we did that a long time ago and that was that was tough man that was tough there was a lot of like shuffling things because life happens and be like oh i can't do it tonight or can you do this and it's just a lot of you know plus back then editing for yeah. me was a nightmare now it's like what you hear is what was recorded i'll trim off that's the very exactly beginning and that's right. it you know you so. gotta do that i mean if you're gonna turn up the uh, uh the release schedule you know there were early episodes where i would edit and take out every time I said, uh, every time I said, uh, every time I took a breath or there was a weird pause, all that stuff, I would edit out. I would have hundreds of tiny little cuts in an episode. Now, uh, what I've been doing for, uh, my podcast recently is doing them on Twitch. Like I've been streaming them live. So people come in and join while I record the podcast. And when it's done, I hit stop on the recorder and then later I export the audio out of that. So the video, I mean the whole, the whole thing, video and audio, obviously goes to YouTube where people can watch the show, mm -hmm. but I strip that audio off and put that to the RSS feed. And then that's it. I'm, I'm not, uh, I was at a, a point where I was editing was taking twice as long as the recording. You know, yeah. if I recorded for an hour, it was two hours of editing. And you just, if you're doing this kind of, uh, a frantic pace you can't you can't do that yeah yeah i learned uh especially once i got the like mixer and everything where i could kind of do everything all at once i just you know i can put the intro outro music live right now and it just makes it so much easier and you know makes it more fun i think to a degree but yeah man well uh, when i i started dipping my toe into video and i found out i don't i'm not going to live long enough to re-render videos in hd you know you, you cut you want to cut out one minute of video and you re-render something and it's two hours and, and it's just i'm not i can't do that so oh yeah yeah I, so we're i well, go i was just gonna say i remember we were having you and i before i started going this route like i we were having technical issues you know we would record on each other's end so it would sound real good and we'd mix yeah. them and it's like you know if we didn't hit it the right way or line up it was it was a pain but 
Anyways, yeah, yeah. we would have uh, one of us was at slightly different speed, and so Sean would yeah. even do an hour and a half episode, and Sean would put them together, and then every few minutes he would have to cut out, you know, a <laughs> nanosecond and keep scooching it over and over. Now, if one of us is muted the whole episode, too bad. Yeah, he's got to guess what the other one was saying. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. going live. So yeah, we'll have to come up with another topic and uh, for next month and and get back. I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for. Uh, everything that you, you've put together, I know that you've just been uh, really, uh, you know, busting, working on the house, juggling things, working on the studio, and uh, I'm so glad that it's all come together. And um, you got to get to the uh, Rob O'Hara School of Hiring Contractors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, how'd that go for you? That's a story for another day. You, had, oh, you definitely you had your heavy lifting with that, uh, having to deal with that. But that, the Rob O'Hare School of, of uh, getting multiple estimates next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's your next episode. You don't know flack. Con- <laughs> contractors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyways, all right, guys. Thanks. Uh, if if you've kept this in your feed, right, for over a year, and you just got this surprise, we're back. And thanks for keeping us in your feed. And if you found this because of Facebook, Twitter, wherever we posted or someone mentioned it, thanks for coming back, or thanks for joining us. As a new listener, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you guys next month, maybe sooner. All right. Later, Rob. This is fun. We be throwbacking. <laughs>